0: You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full time nomad who has been living in my 1997 Ford van for more than a year. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. In this episode, I share my story, all about how I made the transition into van life, how I sustain myself now, I get into the details of the pros and cons, as well as my future travel plans. I also give my advice to anyone who's looking to make the same kind of leap. Alright, coming at you today from La Jolla, California, uh, right by San Diego, and giving you my story of alternative living and alternative income. Uh, Might as well start with me and where I am and how I got here. Uh, So the leap that I took was moving into a van, which if you're watching the video version of this, you can see behind me. Uh, I'm in the van right now in La Jolla, California. (laughs) And I'm in a parking lot, so you might see some cars going behind me or hear them uh, if you're listening to the audio version. So I apologize for that. Hopefully the, uh, the audio capabilities here are pretty good. Uh, I'm just experimenting, so who knows? Um, So yeah, the leap that I took was moving into my van. I did that on January 1st of 2019, and so it has been over a year that I have been full-time living in my rig. Moving into the van is something that I wanted to do since probably 2011, uh, when I met my first rubber tramp, my first vehicle dweller, um, at a rock climbing competition in Waco Tanks. Uh, Texas uh, in, I think it was February of 2011. (laughs) Um, And he was living in his Toyota Corolla uh, with his Husky at the time. And not only is that a pretty extreme version of living in your vehicle, I mean, that was my first experience of somebody living in their vehicle. So that really opened the doors for me way back in 2011. And so clearly it took me eight years to actually jump in on that on my own. Uh, And so for probably six or seven years there, I would get really amped up to make this transition, to move into this lifestyle. I would do a ton of research. I would start getting rid of my belongings. I would be test driving cars. And right before I, you know, fully committed and jumped in with both feet, something would happen in life that would make it really inconvenient uh, and that was that was air quotes inconvenient. Um, if you're listening to the audio and didn't get to see that maneuver, uh, it would make it really inconvenient to live out of a van. And usually that was something like a job transition or a boyfriend or something to that effect. And so I didn't do it for years. Um, and then in December of 2017, I was looking ahead at my year and what I wanted to accomplish, what my goals were. And, you know, I had this dream of living in a van and it had been on my list for years at this point and it wasn't getting done. And so I told myself like, this is the year that something has to happen. 2018 is the year that something has to happen or you just have to get rid of this dream and this goal. You have so many things that you want to do in life and this one thing is pretty big and therefore it's taking up a lot of space on your list of things to do so you either need to do it this year, or don't. Shit or get off the pot. So, in January of 2018, I test drove my first van, and in August of 2018, I bought this beautiful beast, and um, you've probably seen pictures of her if you follow me on any of the social channels or on YouTube. Uh, I like to show her off on occasion. She's always a mess, but she's beautiful. So, uh, she came into my life in August of 2018, and then I spent the next August, September, October, November, December, five months, tearing her completely apart and putting her completely back together with most of that work happening on like a four day weekend over Thanksgiving with the help of my dad. So I'm very, very helpful for his tools and willingness to help me in his engineering mind, which helped me figure out things that I wasn't processing. I was more of a, like, let's put all the pretty stuff up first and then we'll figure out the logistics. And he was like, no, like we have to do the logistics first. We have to build a frame for like all of the walls to hang on and we have to figure out the electrical first. And like, of course he's right. But, um, it was really nice to have his help there. So, uh, yeah, bought the van in August, tore it apart, put it back together and officially moved in on January 1st of 2019. Uh, from Denver, Colorado. And it was negative seven degrees that morning in Denver. And uh, Lisa and I hit the road and headed west. We went down to Arizona to go to our first rubber trip rendezvous, which is a big vehicle dweller meetup event uh, that happens in Arizona every year. Um, So that was was the leap we made. And that's kind of how we did it. And the things that held me back, again, were just... Probably minor fears. I mean, at this point, now that I'm on the other side of the leap, it's easy for me to say, you know, I shouldn't have worried about the job or the partner or any of those things that held me back previously, right? It's hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy for me to say, like, the right job or the right person isn't going to care whether you live out of a van or not. Um, but at the time, they were big deterrents for me and big fears that I had. So I 100% um, understand that. And yeah, what finally made me do it was moving on with my life and either doing this or doing any of the other multitude of things I have on my list of things I want to do with my life. Um, Immediately upon moving into the van, I didn't know what to expect. I had a lot of people ask me during the build-out process if, you know, like what would happen if I moved into the van and I decided that I hated it and it was the worst thing ever and like what was I going to do? And, you know, at first those questions kind of got to me and I was like, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to hate it, you know, but like, I didn't think I was going to hate it. If I thought I was going to hate it, it wouldn't have been on my goals list for so many years. Um, but yeah, I mean, the questions did come up and they crossed my mind as well. Uh, and I just kind of figured if I moved into the van and I hated it, I would move back out of the van and into another apartment. Uh, moving into the van was not me signing a life contract to forever live on wheels. Um, so I was worried about it at first, but, you know, moved in, hit the road immediately, and it felt at home immediately, uh, which I'm really, really grateful for. And I know that's not always the case for people who make big transitions or people who move into vehicles. Um, I, When I moved in, I didn't even have homes for everything. I had bags and boxes all over my floor and all over my bed of things that needed to go someplace and things that needed a home. And I didn't have anywhere to put them, so I just had all these like you know half-packed boxes and bags of crap that needed to go places. And every day for the first weeks, for the first months, uh, new stuff started to find homes. Like food started to be organized, and toiletries got you know organized into their place, and. You know, I think it's worth noting that I had ideas for where these things would go before I moved in. But then after living in the van for a couple of days, even, I realized, you know, that, oh, hey, the this my toothbrush doesn't work in this place. It works over here better. Um, so every day there were new things learned and new locations found for stuff and new systems worked out and new processes. When I first moved into the van, I had braces and I don't have any running water. And that was... A project and I have to figure out. But I did it. And you know, oral health is really important regardless, but especially when you're wearing Invisalign. Um, so I want all y'all to brush your teeth on a regular basis. <laughs> but that was something that I had to figure out. And so immediately it felt like home. It was an easy transition. I think also part of that is because it was easy for my dog, Lisa, who also makes regular appearances um, and is sitting behind the camera right now so you can't see her. But um, I think it also helped that she was such a natural in the car, too. Uh, She was always a really good road-tripping dog, and she pretty much just wants to be with me all the time anyway. So when I lived in an apartment and I would leave, she would stay home most of the time. And now she's with me so many hours of the day. And even when I'm gone for five minutes to go find a bathroom or something, when I come back, she's all wiggles and whines, you know, and it's really cute. But if she had had a hard time moving into the van and she had been stressed out, like I know sometimes happens to pets, that would have really affected my experience. So it was immediately home for me and for her, and that was incredibly helpful. Um, And now that it's been over a year that we've been in it, things have just gotten more natural and more easy. Uh, when I first moved into the van, I was really nervous about finding places to park overnight, which is a huge concern and something that I have addressed on my blog and may address in another episode of this podcast as well. Um, but I was really concerned about where I was going to find parking. And when I was out in the wilderness, it was pretty easy to find BLM land or Forest Service land, places to go camp for free. Um, and... That was fine, but then when I came back to Denver, or when I went to other cities to visit friends and family, I would would get really nervous about where I was going to park. So more often than not, in those early months, I parked in front of my friends and family's houses, because the van wasn't as conspicuous there, because the van had been there before as I was visiting other people, and or, if there was some kind of conflict with the neighbors, you know, this big eyesore of a vehicle parked on their street, you know, then... Like, if there was a problem, i just say, I know the people inside. So that was kind of my plan at first. And now that it's been so long that we've been in the van, I really don't stress about finding parking that much unless I'm in a really big uh, metropolis that I'm unfamiliar with that has parking rules that I'm unfamiliar with. Case in point, L.A. Uh, the L.A. area in California is really, really busy, really condensed, really crowded. Uh, they have parking rules like all other cities do about street sweeping and, you know, the blocks you can't park overnight on and things like that, but they also have height restrictions, which is something I had never experienced before and was brand new to me to figure out. But other than that, I mean, parking is pretty easy um, and that has gotten a lot easier over the long term. Pretty much everything has gotten easier over the long term. I know better where to find water and where to find showers and Groceries and things like that uh, some of the hassles that I've experienced have been weather related I've never been so dependent on the weather in my life um, but living in a van so much of your time is spent outside of the van and they don't retain heat or keep out heat very well I mean there's always going to be some kind of transfer so in the winter it's cold and in the summer it's hot and That can be a challenge, especially with a dog uh, or any kind of pet. That's something that you guys should all consider. Um, So there's a lot of pros and cons with this lifestyle, and I wouldn't necessarily say, like, this is the right lifestyle for everyone and y'all should go buy vehicles to move into, not even a little bit. Like, this is the right lifestyle for me, and that's what I'm going to do. It's kind of like being a vegetarian or, you know, doing keto or something. Like, just because that diet works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. And so, something that we say in you know the van life, rubber tramp community is that your mileage may vary, on any piece of advice that we give out. So, van life works really well for me, but your mileage may vary. Uh, another question that I get that I really want to address with this podcast in general about alternative lifestyles and alternative income is how I support myself and sustain this lifestyle. I have published articles before and I will continue to publish podcasts and articles about it moving forward about the finances associated with living in a van. And again, I can really only speak from my experience and what my costs are and how I make it work. I will be interviewing other folks to talk about their costs and how they make it work financially, but there are as many options out there to make it work for you as there are you's out there to make it work. So for me... I afford this lifestyle through freelance work. I have been self employed and freelancing for many years now. Uh, I do writing um, and brand strategy and social media management and coaching now. Uh, When I was in Denver in my last apartment, I did real estate for a few years. And I personally am just a much better self employed person than I am employed person. (laughs) I'm not a very good employee. I don't like it when people tell me like, what to work on, where to work from, and what hours to work between. That's not how my creativity works. That's not how my energy works. That's not how I work. So it works for me to be very self-employed. Uh, I have the self-discipline to make it work, and I know that that's not something that a lot of other people possess. I think it's a skill that you have to develop. I don't think very many humans are natural at it. Uh, But it can be developed, for sure. So the work that I do really just requires me to have a cell signal for my hotspot. And that does mean that sometimes I need to be in cities like this, or I need to be uh, less in the boonies than I would prefer to be. But it's kind of a trade-off that I'm willing to make to make it work. Um, And my expenses for living in the van vary every month and they vary greatly, usually depending on how much driving I'm doing and occasionally they vary greatly depending on how many trips to the mechanic I take in a month. Uh, On average, they're somewhere between $400 a month and $1,200 a month. Like I said, that's a pretty huge spread. Uh, But at the same time, even at the high end, $1,200 a month is not A super ton of money for a lot of parts of the United States. Uh, And so, you know, that doesn't include my health insurance or my groceries or dog food or anything like that. Those are very specifically uh, van expenses. But van life can be as expensive or as inexpensive as you prefer it to be. And your work can take over as much or as little of your life as your lifestyle requires of it. Um, And that's what I've found to be my average over the past 12 plus months. As a freelancer, my income varies nearly as much as uh, my bills do every month. Some months I don't make any money at all and I'm in the negative, And some months I make between three and $6,000 a month. So it really, again, it varies greatly depending on my clients and that work and everything else that is going on. Some months it's great. In some months, it's really stressful. So in the months that it's great, I make sure to save a little bit extra. I have very deliberate savings strategies that I am working on and working toward to make this lifestyle a little bit more even. The first year that I was in the van, I had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And, you know, I'd make a bunch of money and pay off the credit cards that I had racked up during the down months. And it was kind of stressful. This year, I'm trying to minimize that magnitude shift Um, as much as I can by being far more deliberate in my savings and in my spending. Uh, Traveling slower is definitely a better cost decision. Gas is my biggest variable um, in my monthly expenses for sure. Here in California, gas is really expensive. And just the other day, I filled up the gas tank. And my gas tank is huge. It's more than 30 gallons. I know that that's way bigger than most people's. Um, and I filled it up the other day. It wasn't on empty. Uh, I mean, I still had like a quarter of a tank left and the pump cut me off at $99 spent, which is ridiculous. I've definitely spent more than a hundred dollars per tank of gas before, depending on how empty it is and what the price per gallon is in the area that I'm traveling. So that is a huge thing that you need to budget if van life or RV life or car life is something that uh, you want to pursue. I don't know that I have too many unique hacks that I've developed um, to live as inexpensively as possible, although I'm sure that I have. I think I might be too close to the situation to really see the uniquenesses that I have. Um, I very rarely pay for water. I usually find a spigot somewhere. Um or if I'm around friends and family, I fill up my water jugs at their houses. I very rarely pay for showers um, for many of the same reasons. Uh, there are often inexpensive showers, depending on what city you're in, at a rec center or at an aquatic center or something like that. You can usually get a shower for like one to four dollars If necessary, I'll go to a truck stop, and the most I've ever spent on a shower was $10. I know they go up to $12 and $14 also at some truck stops. Uh, My grocery bill, I keep pretty low. Um, Again, and some of that has to do with the fact that I'm a vegetarian, and produce is relatively cheap in comparison to meat products. And I do a lot of cooking myself. I don't go out to eat very often. That keeps the bills low. Future plans for living in the van. Uh, I don't plan on moving out of it anytime soon. It makes me really happy. I love laying in here at night and in the mornings and just looking around and feeling at home in my little cocoon. That's how it feels to me. It feels like my own little safe space. Doesn't matter where I'm parked or you know, what the weather was like or what happened during the day when I crawl into bed at night and I look up at my ceiling that my dad and I put up together. It's just such a good feeling of home and coziness. And, you know, my dog is always right there with me too because she likes to cuddle and try and steal my pillows, which is adorable in and of itself. Um, so future plans are just to continue living in the van and continue traveling. I don't necessarily have a lot of specific destinations in mind this year. Um, In 2019, I did... I had to pop back to Denver every few months for uh, for braces, for orthodontics appointments. Um, So that kept me going back pretty frequently. I don't have that this year, uh, not to the same extent. I will have to go back for at least one ortho appointment, but... uh, yeah, the year is pretty wide open for me, and I have so much of this big, beautiful country left to explore, so that's that. I mean, I'd want to continue exploring alternative streams of income, hence a new podcast. Uh, I am working on writing some books, so I might be self-publishing or otherwise publishing those uh, later this year or next year. I am... Launching new programs and initiatives all the time just to see what works best for me uh, as far as, you know, fulfilling my energy uh, and also my bank account. So I will continue experimenting with those and I'll keep you guys up to date. My advice to anyone out there considering van life or any other alternative lifestyle in any way, whether that be a living situation or a working situation or a romantic situation or what the fuck ever. My advice would just be to do it. Um, I know that it's really scary to move away from the recipe that we've all kind of been fed. Uh, If, you know, you were raised in the same time and country that I was, um, you know, this recipe of you go through school and you get your high school diploma and then you go to college and you get a degree and then You get a job from that degree working for somebody else, like in a salaried, benefited, cubicled position Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And you get married and you have a house with a white picket fence and a golden retriever and 1.3 kids. Um, I'm not doing a lot of those things and I'm happy and thriving. And a lot of the people that I know that are following their dreams and their alternative lifestyles are much happier than they were before. So my advice would be to just do it, follow your curiosity, um, follow your intuition. It doesn't have to be something major. I mean, you can start small and just see how it feels. Nothing you're doing, aside from, you know, reproducing and other things, are really lifelong contracts that you're making. Um, So if you just want to... Experiment with a new job or a new career, or live in a new place or in a new way. Absolutely, give yourself the space and the permission to do that and to experiment with it and to fail at it. Give yourself permission to fail. If you go into any decision in life thinking that this you're going to be perfect at it and this is going to be great for you and you're never going to make any mistakes, you won't be real sad about that. <laughs> I mean, that's just not how it works. Uh, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes on the daily. And I've been doing this for a hot minute now. Um, So give yourself permission to explore and permission to fail. And see what lights you up. And if it keeps lighting you up, keep doing it. And if it doesn't, pivot, evolve, and try something else. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube, or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living, and until then, keep your life on the DL, too.